What's up, y'all? It's Casey back with another episode of College Culture and Creativity. I have a special guest on today. He's my bro. He goes to my institution, Morehouse College. He's definitely one of the most creative people I know. Um, just his background, what he's done as far as in photography and video, he's just some crazy things. Um, we've had him on before on the show, on the radio show when we were in the studio um, before the pandemic, and that was a great episode, and I love talking to him. Um, and I really wanted to bring him on for this episode because, um, you know, the topic that we're discussing today is uh, definitely pretty deep and something that I want to speak about. Um, I think it's definitely good that we're talking about this now because uh, my anger has maybe gone down a little bit. My sadness and both those emotions have been all over the place. Um, but we want to discuss is kind of really just the matter of the situation is police brutality in America and um, just so many killings of unarmed black men. And Amari, like for you, like yourself, you know, what is this time kind of been like for you, especially as a young black man and seeing everything play out? Um, first of all, thank you for uh, having me. Um, it's always a pleasure to be in y'all's presence. Um, uh, to answer your question, it's been, um, it kind of feels like this before and, um, and at a certain point, it gets tiring. Um, so for the past few days, I've done my part by participating in protests, but it gets to be mentally and physically draining to always be um, asking for the basic, like the right to live. Um, but it's necessary. And so, um, I'm sorry, what was your question? I'm already. No, that's all good. I, I, I feel you get you get questions asked about this, and you kind of like spaz out and don't even know where to go with it because there's so much on your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I was just wondering for you, and you kind of already spoke about it, but like how it's been being a black man, seeing all this play out, you know, in America. Okay. Um, I can speak from a few different perspectives. Um, from like a black person, like a young black man's perspective, um, like I said, it's difficult, but it's also like, it's very familiar. Um, I moved to St. Louis right before Ferguson happened. Um, so my like first introduction to the city that I live in now was um, the murder of Mike Brown. So I've been around this for quite some time. Um, I see like microaggressions and police brutality within my own community. Um, so it's definitely difficult. Um, as a creative, um, it's a sensitive time because, because you want to create, you want to document what's going on. But not only is there a pandemic of COVID, but there's a pandemic, pandemic of racism and you can get caught, especially as a young Black person um, with both. Uh, we're not invincible, so we can't contract COVID and spread it to the people that we love. And racism is also another pandemic that we face on a on a daily basis. Um, and so it's it's very it's very difficult as a creative to want to be a part of it, but also protect yourself, um, but also protect the people that you're documenting. Uh, I see 
see a lot of people just taking pictures of people and posting them not very not really conscious of what their image how how much power an image has because um, people that were documented during the Ferguson protests some of them are no longer with us because of racism people will go out and attack these people because they stood up for what they believe in so it's been difficult from a creative perspective because i want to document but also protect the people that i'm documenting um, but then also as a black person it's, it's also difficult because you want to be active but you also want to be safe um, and i was participating in the protests in ferguson in clayton missouri uh two days ago i believe it was um uh or maybe it was yesterday, I, the days seemed to run into each other, but um, they were really peaceful. And then within a matter of seconds, it can turn violent. I was hit with tear cats. And it's just a very wild and uncertain time. And uh, yeah, not to go on and on, but yeah. No, like, so for you, I guess, you know, you being a content creator and wanting to document this, cause this is, you know, still, you know a big deal and one day somebody's going to look back at your work or anybody else's work and you know this is definitely going to be in the history books and people looking at what happened but i guess for you like how do you decide you know all right i'm if i'm going to go to this protest am i what pictures am i going to take when i'm when i'm going to post and you know how do you kind of make those decisions for yourself um i kind of stick to my own schedule in terms of posting uh, when I feel like there's something that needs to be said, I'll say it. Um, in terms of like documenting from a creative standpoint in a crazy time like this, um, I look for images that I haven't already seen before. But so images that show the humanity in people. I'm big on people. You know, I have a series entitled People. So my my subject matter is the people um i try and document people in a light that is honest is raw um and very vulnerable um i think it's important to to give it to people how it how you see it um and have a unique perspective so i i try and give that to to people that follow me i don't want to give people the same picture that they've seen a hundred times um and so really trying to find a common thread between my work but also um showing unification i think at, at a time like this your art needs to be saying something that words can't um i think that your art need or my art rather needs to i mean honestly your art as well because this is a form of creation um Artists in general need to be aware of their platform and create consciously, but also um, do it with purpose. I'm trying to bring people together. That's the entire reason I've created my series entitled People. I just want to highlight beautiful, intelligent, intelligent, beautiful um, people. I want to highlight their talents, their abilities, their personality. I want to highlight the togetherness i want to bring people together with my work so that's the that's what i'm trying to do I'm trying to capture with with my photography during this time okay that's dope so kind of more shifting gears a little bit still talking on a media realm um we've both seen kind of what's played out either on different um 
TV platforms, um, social media, such as using um, platforms like Twitter, Instagram, mm -hmm. Snapchat, Facebook. Um, you know, for me, from my perspective, it's kind of, it's even eye-opening because like, you know, if you know me, like I'm big on kind of how it's very interesting to me to see how people consume content and how that affects their brain and their mind. And a lot of times people don't realize that. Um, for instance, my father, my mother, a majority of the content they consume that is news is through CNN. Like they, if they're not doing work, if they're not out and about, if they're chilling, they're watching CNN. And then uh, me on the other hand, and I think you could kind of test this too, our generation, good or bad, we're glued to our phones. We're glued to Twitter, we're glued to Instagram, and we're now in a world almost to where, think just to think of it, every high school friend that you know, college friend, people that you, that you met went in during a vacation, anywhere, people that you worked with, basically anybody that you know, you see how they feel of what they're saying or what they're not saying. And what I'm going towards is, especially we're gonna go to Twitter because Twitter is a platform where we have conversation and Twitter is a platform where you can put out uncensored videos and you see so much, I don't wanna just say negativity, but there's so much content out there that can really like mess with your brain, like on a, on a different level. And I guess I'm kind of wondering for you, like, you know, why, I guess you could probably answer like why the media only posts certain things for different TV platforms, but you, you yourself, like how are you trying to deal with it? Because of course, a lot of us want to stay informed, but also a lot of us is killing our mental health. So kind of like, how do you answer that question? I think that brought up a wonderful point. I think I, I recall seeing a meme where SpongeBob, and he's looking into it, and he's cross-eyed. He has one eye page, and he has another eye on another page. And on the pages, it says, um, taking a break from fear to, like, for mental health. And then the other page says, uh, trying to stay informed. So you have this, like, war with trying to inform about what's going on whether literally right outside your door or at the world in or in the world out, or you have to take a break from social media, a great source of information for your mental health. Um, for me personally, it is taxing always seeing black bodies and black people beaten down, killed. Not only do I see it in my own community, like frequently, but I also see it everywhere else it's like where can you go to escape it and to be quite honest i don't think there is a place that you can escape it not here um and that's frightening it's upsetting um and it's disheartening because there ought to be you uh, people ought to feel safe from going around their own community um into different communities um so it's it's a you have to find balance. Um, I'm someone who is very sensitive. I can, it, seeing people get murdered on a day to day basis like it takes a toll on me um, because it, I think of myself, I think of my parents, I think of my sister um, because it could quite frankly be one of them. 
Um, but also it is necessary for me to be informed. I can't walk around this world not knowing what's going on. I, <laughs> my mom posted this on Facebook without me knowing, but I often go on runs through my very white neighborhood and I know that shirtless. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild. But I like to exercise. Like, I exercise. I don't know how long I'm going to have the body that I have. I got it, so I might as well flex it. But also, like, I don't have to. I can do whatever I want because I'm my own person. Like, I'm not confined to anyone else's rules or, or, or beliefs. So I'm going to run shirtless. Um, because I want to but in my community it's I'm very I'm the only black male within like two block two like two mile radius like that lives not like rents but like lives in this community um but like I want to say a week and a half two weeks before Mod Arbery's case went like huge um I was running and I was on my way home and two pickup trucks or two cars, one pickup truck and a van followed me home. Um and when you're going like you it I've been asked like how do you know that they were following you? I'm not as fast as a car. I'm going at like I'm going at a relatively slow pace in comparison to cars. So when you see an individual like following you for as you make weaves and turns down different streets as they on traffic just to see where you're going, you feel like you don't belong, you feel threatened, um, and low-key provoked. But um, so I want to say that though, that's, I say that to say that like those microaggressions turn into, into, turn into murder. Um, they happen on a daily basis. No one is exempt. Um, nothing happened to me, um, with those, but these instances that you see in the media, see in the news, they're not unique, they happen every day, um, it's terrifying, it is, um, it's not right, um, so, I went on a tangent and I forgot your question, but, um, I, it was more it, no it, you're answering it. it's more on the point kind of like you kind of already answered it how you deal with staying informed but staying mm. off social media like there's a really tough balance right um and, not to cut you off but i brought up that because i have to stay informed like i have to know what what i'm at risk of i have to know that my community as a black person at a higher risk of contracting COVID. So I have to be conscious of what spaces I enter. Like it would be ill-advised for me to go back to school because a lot of people in my community are at risk. I don't know if I have because I can be undetectable. If I were to go into a community that looks like me and infect a whole lot of other people, I'd feel guilty. So I have to be aware of the predispositions I have to be aware of the circumstances, my environment, and I have to be aware of um, everything around me. So I have to be informed, but I also have and will continue to take breaks from social media for my mental health because 
it gets old seeing mm -hmm. your reflection die over and over and over again and with a different face with with a different name with a different mm -hmm. face. so no I, I totally feel that i would say you know kind of for myself i i at least and it's not it's not a great thing it's not something um that i'm proud of or that this country should be proud of um but i've had times where i felt over the last couple of days like yo like just cut off everything for a week or whatever like kendall camp you have the ability to do that if you really just want to stay home which i don't like you can and not be connected to anything um mm -hmm. because i just don't i just don't have to go outside i do we all want to go outside of course because of covid it's already been like this for months and now because of a protest even more people are scared to go outside and we're having we have we're having literal curfews put in place now in different cities yeah. which is you know another kind of thing because i like yo should i go outside like should i should i should i go even drive to like my local uh mcdonald's or or you know wendy's or whatever just to get some food because you never know who's going to be out there you know um something that could happen with uh, a police officer i would say I don't really realize this. And I think as all black men, we can attest to this. We get desensitized towards all this. Yeah, certain certain sure. things that we do. And I was for talking sure. to my friends about it and I, I didn't realize it like as a black man, there's just certain things you do when you see it, when you see a cop car. You take, no you problem. make sure to take off, you make sure to take off your hoodie. You turn down your music. You really make sure your hands are at 10 and two. At you times, code switch. yeah, you totally code switch. You know, you're not even speeding. But you, you're not but doing you, anything wrong. You're not doing, but yeah. Because they don't need an excuse to pull you over or to to murder you. You have to act differently, um, and you definitely get desensitized to it when you see, like I said, your reflection die over and over and over again. It becomes like it, it, there. It has been countless times where I've been like, "Damn, am I next? Like, am I a hashtag? I've been pulled over countless times." not been ticketed countless times but i've been pulled over i've been harassed i've been followed um and you just get used to it and nobody no other race is like used to being harassed by the police like that's not a thing and for us to get like see it all the time i wonder how someone doesn't get desensitized to it but also at the same time like it gets personal like mm -hmm. when you not only do you you get desensitized when you see everyone else you have it like have it happen to them but then when it happens to you it's very real when it happens to your classmates it gets very real this mm -hmm. it's it's just like push and pull like you see you feel like I am desensitized, but at the same time, I'm very aware. I'm very sensitive to all the things that are going on. Like it just—it's a day-to-day -day thing. Um, some days you're affected by it heavily, and some days it's like, well, we've seen that before. On to the next one, which is horrible, but it's unfortunate because there will be a next one because there isn't there hasn't been reform there hasn't been change um and the precedent has been set that people can get away with brutalizing black people and keep their job get a pension and that but what's what's crazy about that is that 
black people will be accused of selling cigarettes, of running a stoplight, having music too loud, and be murdered. And then you'll have a white man sit in a church with black people for 30 minutes, an hour, get up and murder nine of them, and then gets taken to eat at a fast food restaurant. That, like, you can't make that make sense. You, You brutalize peaceful protesters, but then during a pandemic, you have white people in California getting in the face of police officers, both sides not wearing masks during a a pandemic that is killing people left and right. But you have people arguing to keep open, to open up the government, open up gyms, open up restaurants. Um, And they're they're fighting for that with assault weapons. They're they're fighting for that with, with weaponry that if black people were to protest their murder with, would be shot dead, would be murdered. So it's it's this um, hypocrisy that is that is so highlighted during this time with social media that you see the contrast between how we're treated when we peacefully protest and when white people protest violently. Uh, it's just unfortunate, and something has to change. So yeah, kind of speaking. Um, I guess back to the D kind of desensitization of you know police brutality and black men. Um, I was talking mm-hmm. to a friend a couple of weeks ago um, before a lot of this stuff started happening. And she asked yeah. me, Kendall, like, do you, like, do you feel fearful? Like, do you, do you not, like, do you hate going outside, blah, blah, blah. And like, mind you, she was a black woman. Like I, I could tell, you know, she just really wants to make sure I was okay. And I kind of looked at her like, yeah, I'm cautious, but like, I'm not, I, like, it's not fair. Or why should I have the mindset to when I go out into the world that I'm fearful just if I want to go go to a McDonald's or go to a library, you know what I mean? Like it shouldn't have to be that way. And mm-hmm. you know, like I told you, like I'm I'm very cautious, you know, when I'm maneuvering through wherever. Um, but it definitely it took a different toll when like I saw a couple of my own classmates, people I go to school with, actually get arrested and haze on live TV. Like, it's something like, it just it just hit. Like, I, I would see all this stuff, and you see stuff on the news, and they look like you, but it's just something different when it's somebody from the exact same place you're from, the place that you went to matriculate, and be in an environment to where they tell you, if you go, if you go here, if you do these things, you'll, you'll be in a quote-unquote better position, I guess, you know, from what the masses say. But you see that and like, yeah, that could that really could have been you. There's there's no I difference. Mean, it it don't matter what you do. Like I've I've talked to people like like I'm not gonna go like on too much of a tangent. Even one of like my main mentors, like he told me one time, like came from a rough area, was living in the high end Ritz Carlton, Los Angeles, living because you know. And the Ritz-Carlton, I guess, like the first few floors is like all hotels and then like the main floors is like where people actually live. And he said when he lived there, he had people that didn't even look him in the eye. Everybody on those floors are multimillionaires. And because he was black, people still 
didn't even give him his respect. And that made me like really think more like, it doesn't matter how good you do, how much money you make, how many people you impact, what you lead in, like mm-hmm. you're still always labeled as, as a black man. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, no, you're gonna go? Oh no, I just decided to sad. Yeah, like, I just. Because, not to cut you off, but like, we're told you gotta get this degree, you gotta get an education, you gotta get a great paying job, um, move in, assimilate, and then you assimilate and get shot dead. Or you assimilate and get, you're subject to prejudice, you're, sub, you're, you're subject to getting pulled over. Um, I just, someone, a uh, video of a state's attorney, a, a black woman just resurfaced. She got arrested, not arrested, she got pulled over um, by a white cop and they were questioning her, uh, but that goes to show you that it doesn't matter how how successful you become. Like, it's very hard to transcend race. It's very hard for you to be judged as an, as a person. Like, I had a friend um, go to me and was like, you're really good. You're a really good black artist. What? Say you're like, a good artist. I was like, wait, wait, wait. I'm a, I'm a good light. And to be labeled as a black artist, like, yes, I'm black. Yes, I'm an artist. But at the end of the day, I'm an artist. And and I'm not here to compete. I'm, a, I'm only in a competition with myself. But I'm not a good black artist. I'm a good artist and I'm artist better than general, people yeah. regardless of their race. It does not matter if they're Latino. It doesn't matter if they're Asian, white. You're, if, you're, if you're a good artist, you're a good artist. Um, I don't, the label, it, it, it's sad that you have to, that you're confined to your race. Like you're not confined to your personhood. Um, like, how, like, I just, I just want to be judged um, based off of how I treat people, how uh, how I move, how I operate. Not like, oh, you're. I I hate that you're good for, like you're good for a dark girl. Like that argument is ridiculous. Like yeah. I hate I hate those arguments, those statements. Um, and you really tend to, I guess, you you tend to think and. And maybe, and maybe, I guess, I don't know, when you, when you grow up, you read history books and they say a certain date and you're told that racism has abolished and the civil rights era was, was a long time ago and things have changed and, you know, people want equality now. And then like, you go into the real world and like, you know, of course, like certain people, they don't do, I guess, as much racism is in your face, even though like, real like they're actually racist but they won't they won't actually say they won't actually say it there's so many microaggressions that still happen today and things that you're like yo what like there was one time i was on the i was on the airport i was i was, I was on a plane and i'm reading because you know i just i just like to read i like to you know form myself learn some new things and i had this this lady and she just kept kind of like i could tell like she was kind of like looking over but like kind of was looking over as far as like like, oh, like he's reading like something like I just don't typically like she almost looked at me kind of just like she's never 
seen a black man reading before, like somebody just quiet. And I just like, I, I just didn't understand. I didn't, I didn't speak to her. I decided I was going to stay quiet, but like, why, why is it you have to like, even I, um, this sounds really messed up and kind of a joking way. I was talking to my friends one time, we were saying the best thing about planes is uh, when you sit down, other people don't want to sit next to you because you're black. Like that, like that's a like that's a real thing that I like I've experienced and some of my other friends have. And that sounds really deep. And I'm not trying to make a joke out of this, but that's a real thing that like happens, especially as a young black man. And me with like having having longer hair, it's just something ridiculous that mm -hmm. I deal with. Mm -hmm. You know? And I'm not gonna lie, if you have an issue sitting next to me, I don't want to sit next to you. Um so I'm gonna just say that. But um what was what was the middle thing you said so like not about um not about uh what was the what was the thing you made prior to this probably the argument about sitting on a plane my statement about what what was your statement prior to sitting on a plane oh man what did what did i say <laughs> i'm almost now i'm almost forgetting uh, we talked about me on the plane. I talked about myself maneuvering through the world as a, as a black man. Um, the world telling you, if you do certain things, you'll be good. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it doesn't matter what you do, you'll still be looked at as a black man. Mm -hmm. um, you talked about that. There was something you said prior to part of that. But um, yeah, I really wish I remembered. Um, I can't remember what you said. Uh, what's do you have another question? I'm sorry, I wish I really remember what you said. No, it's all good. And now I'm like really thinking in my brain, like, man, what did I say? Um, I guess to kind of keep keep going on, you know, on on this topic, I'm. You know, it's. It, I think. I, well, I was talking about how seeing my own brothers and sisters people that I go to school, like them getting arrested. Okay. He's I do want to touch on that. Okay. Um, sorry, not to cut you off, but I remember now the statement is starting to, to connect to my head. Um, I saw a lot on Twitter that this was an eye-opening experience for a lot of people um, seeing our classmates get arrested on live TV. Um, and if you look at the broadcast, before and after they're confronted by police, you see passengers in the car that are, are white and they're smiling and laughing. Police don't don't interact with them. And then you see police break the window across its car, pull them out, tase them, assault them, um, brutalize them. And a lot of our classmates, a lot of people saw this on live television um, or or saw a video after the fact. Um, a lot of celebrities commented on it, referenced it, um, and people said it was an eye-opening experience. And when I saw that people were like taken aback by it, I was really kind of confused as to how they were because it's been happening and occurring for for decades um 
people often comparison of the, how old they were when Trayvon Martin died and how nothing has changed since. Like, this has been going on for so long. It was confusing me, for me to, to hear that. Um, and I, I, I tweeted something about it. Um, I tweeted, I said, I don't understand. No, I go to it. I said, I don't understand passing our classmates get arrested on live TV has opened your eyes to this pandemic. Y'all didn't see a reflection in Mike Brown. Did y'all not see a little brother and sister's reflection into your eyes? What has it put for y'all? I tweeted that out of um, genuine curiosity, but also a little bit of frustration because mm -hmm. I feel like everyone should be aware of what's going on um, and should be doing their part to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And someone responded to me um, and they said, this was people's awakening. This was some people's awakening and that's okay. Offer ways to help without being upset. Others didn't show up at the same time you did. And to which I responded, that's valid and I appreciate your response. Um, because I have no problem with taking criticism and her point is valid. Um, and I think people should be doing their part. Um, if this is eye opening experience for some people, I think that they should be taking this time to inform, this, uh, inform themselves and then doing their part to make sure that the protesters have what they need, um, that their voice is heard, um, that this doesn't have to happen to someone else's mother, father, sister, brother, um, because it doesn't happen to other people. It does, but not at the rate it happens to our community. So, yeah. Yeah, I would say, because I, I saw your tweet and you know, it defines what you mean by my eye opener. Because for me personally, this situation was already bad before that. And at least right. if you're a person who, at least if you haven't been under a rock, you see what's going on and you're just, you're, I think honestly more at first I was kind of more like when I see these videos, there's a kind of like, there's always, there's more of like a WTF moment in my head. Like, right. like why, like what, like, are you right. serious? And the thing too about, even Twitter now, there's so much information out there to where it's kind of like, um, like I see it all. And there's a part of me, of course, like there's a lot of what people post, what, a lot of what people are posting is valid and it's true stuff. But there's a part of me, man, like this is actual information overload. Like I can't read every it's paragraph. I can't so read every statement. I can't read every, I can't look at every video you repost. Like I've right. never, been in a kind of place to where social media is like this and no never i've never seen everyone talking about the same issue thing it, it it happens and if in case you're not talking about it i do question what you're like where your head is at because it is difficult for me as i sit here there are helicopters outside circling like circling my neighborhood or neighboring neighborhoods um i don't know how you can just like go to brunch with your girls like some white people are living in some fantasy land like none of this stuff is happening they're going out they're having a little vacation like it's bad enough that we have racism but you should already be inside like COVID is killing people left and right like if you're not worried about 
COVID, you should be worried about racism because it it too is a pandemic and it will show up at your front door and and you ought to be ready. Um, you ought to be ready to address your privilege. You ought to be ready to 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 make change because if it's gonna be if it's gonna get start, it's become it's already been an inconvenience to some people, but we've been inconvenienced for generations. Like it is time for this to really get serious because um, I fear that he doesn't he being the officer responsible for officers responsible for George Floyd's death, I fear that they don't get oh that 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 they don't get the punishment that they deserve. Because if they don't, it's gonna escalate to people are legitimately talking about race war. And I'd be like, no, no, but like yes. See, personally it's like for me it's kinda like um it's kind of like when people talking Games? about what do you say? No, have I have not. Hunger? Bruh, when I tell you the seeing police and riot gear moving down streets like like it it's something out of a movie. And that movie looks a lot like the Hunger Games. Like when they're trying to keep people in control, when they're trying to work, keep the status quo, that's what they're doing. They're going down the streets and shooting people, telling them to get inside their house. They're they're denying people basic liberties like you i literally see videos of police officers taking the materials that protesters have purchased with their own money or with donations and destroying it they're taking water for their own personal use or they're emptying it onto the ground like people don't like need water nothing it's just they're I'm not even gonna get into Flint yeah. and all that stuff, but you have people that need water, and you're destroying it. You you're tear gassing and pepper spraying people that are peacefully protesting, and then just taking away the milk that they need to undo what you've done. It's it's very they're they're agitating and instigating. Um, they're provoking. People. You're putting you're putting more fuel on the fire, basically. Yes, and it's and it's happening, and you see it. But then, like like I said before, I went I went and I documented and participated in protests in Clayton, Missouri, and Ferguson. These protests were peaceful, but what you also have is white people coming and using it as an excuse to to go crazy to to, to go crazy. There's a white man in a crowd full of peaceful protesters who was just going, was belligerent and was getting in the face of cops. He was getting in the face of black people. And it got to the point where people couldn't take it anymore. They're trying to speak to cops or voice their, voice their concerns with police officers. And you have this random man, um, it's not about race, but you have this random man who, it is about race, who jumps in and starts pushing people and just wreaking havoc for no reason at which point a fight breaks out within seconds you have a crowd scattering you have people throwing punches this man is bloodied you have cops in riot gear they're shooting tear gas you then have people responding in kind by throwing bricks and you have you now have a chaotic situation on your hands within seconds they 
there were like numerous cop cars that had been dispatched to the area. You have more cops and more right gear. They had they were bringing cops in that had from other jurisdictions to you know the situation. It just became chaotic and out of control with with agitators that had nothing to do with the Black Lives Black Lives Matter movement and you have people spray painting and vandalizing and that's not what people were doing. You have people being outspoken but not violent and then it just and went left very quickly. Yeah. I can definitely I got you. I can definitely attest to to this, you know, I would think we talked before a little bit about, you know, how you you're, you know, you live in St. Louis and I live in Northern California. And um to put in perspective for some of the listeners, um, I live in Northern California, but I live in the Central Valley. Um, the Central Valley is typically about an hour out, 15, an hour, hour, an hour and 15 minutes away from the Bay Area, which we know about the Bay Area is considered a pretty diverse place. And of course, you have Oakland, which started the Black Panther movement. And the Central Valley is known more as a place for agriculture, um, definitely has had a history of conservative white people um it's just more it's just more of a country town it's more of a farm town it's not it's definitely not as um diverse or say as you maybe maybe you look at the bay area nevertheless um i went to a protest in my hometown modesto california and it was a great turnout and you know it was really cool to see people you know bonding together um protesting in a peaceful way and just you know speaking speaking for their rights you know what i mean seeing everybody from different backgrounds it was a good thing to see but of course like i'm walking and we're all walking you know around around our city for the for, for this march and i'm i don't i mean i just i just have to, i have to say it there was a white person that just kept being very loud and rowdy towards cops and it's interesting to me because me even as a black person someone who's marching I'm not, I'm sorry, like, and maybe, and give, give, that's fine to the people who are brave and who do feel that way and they want to. I totally understand that because I think we can both attest to, we can understand people's frustration and violence that has happened throughout these protests. Um, but personally, me, I just won't, I think more just because I'm scared and I'm fearful of what could happen. Like, I just don't, I don't want to either end up in jail or end up dead and have my parents see me as a hashtag. Like, I'm just not doing that. So if I'm going to protest, right. I'm going to march in a, um, in, in a in a peaceful way, and I'm not saying which way is right or wrong. Just to just to give a disclaimer, right? Um, and I see this white person keep keep kind of getting in a cop's face and saying, you know, certain things, and I'm looking at him like, yo, as a black man, I would never get that privilege to just say that and just right. be fine. And then and black people aren't the ones even doing the comp- the confrontations, like. It's a Black Lives Matter movement. Black people's voices ought to be at the front of the conversation. If you have white people drowning out black people, it discredits the movement. It takes like white people. I think their their job in this at this time is to donate, um, to serve as to donate to serve as bodyguards. Um, like if if a cop tries to come at a white person, they're not gonna come for you as Jennifer as a white person. They're gonna come for a black person. So you need to 
use your privilege to protect black people. Um, I think that you need to acknowledge your privilege. I just think that there are people that are not black shouldn't be doing things to make the situation worse. Don't vandalize. Like, if black people are looting, if black people want to loot, they built this country. Let them loot. But if you have white people starting it, it becomes a lot easier to follow. So when the media only shows black people looting, it it's hard for me to believe that they started it when I have seen videos that contradict that. When I've witnessed personally mm-hmm. events that contradict that. You didn't have any violence in Ferguson or in Clayton until you had a white person provoke the situation by starting a fight, by getting in the face of cops and and being mad disrespectful. Like, if black people are doing it, they have the right. They've been beaten and brutalized for years. Mm -hmm. White people, y'all don't face that same kind of prejudice. If y'all are instigating the situation, you're making it worse, you're discrediting the movement. I saw a picture today on Twitter of a building that had 666 spray painted on it. Mm. Ain't no black person spray paint that. You have black, you have, and, I, and I also saw a video of two white people going around New York spray painting um, things around the city, and you had uh, UFC champion John Jones go and take the spray paint away from you because that takes away from the movement. It's peaceful, it is nonviolent. And you do see videos of people being violent, but that is after the violence, after you've been provoked and after um, you have agitation, it becomes a lot easier to follow when everyone else is doing it. If you have everyone being peaceful, then you're going to be peaceful. It becomes a lot easier to riot when everyone else is rioting. So for those white people, I really want them to check the reason that they're there. If they're there to support black mm-hmm. people and push the agenda and movement forward, I welcome you. If your only reason to be there is to take advantage of the of people's anger mm-hmm. and, yeah. and shortcomings, like then you need to leave. You're only making it worse. And don't use this as an opportunity to come up on some new shoes, as a new opportunity to come up on a handbag. Like be don't yeah be productive be helpful um donate bring water bring snacks help people when they are in a compromised position don't don't lose don't don't use this definitely don't use this time just to instigate and make things worse and you know we see it you know we can both attest to this it goes in hand with this whole COVID thing as far as you know a lot of people are like yo if we have to be home and there is an order, at least from what I know, most of the black people are like, all right, fine. Like, I'm not going to go against and protest this. And then you have white people who are mad because they can't get their hair cut. And it's like, and I'm not saying all, oh, but I'm just saying you just have some people. It's like, yo, like, like what's going on? And then they're using this now as a platform to go out and rage and, 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 and do crazy things. And the media is shifting it to where you only think it's African-Americans or black people doing that, which is not true. And also, too, with all these protests, like, people aren't realizing we've both been in protests. The media makes it seem like everything's violent and it's looting, but in reality, it's mostly a small percentage of what's happening. From things I've seen on social media, even, too, I saw one person, like, in San Jose, like, 
mess with somebody's innocent car. And everybody, like I knew, at least on it was like, yeah, like we're not gonna go tear up somebody's innocent car, like on the that's on the highway. You know I mean? Yeah, and like also, there's nobody is saying that's fine. Right, and for the cops that like were going out and taking the materials that protesters have bought, like that's theft. You can't just take someone else's property. I don't care. You you just can't do that. Also, I I also just recently saw a video of New York Police Department officers plowing into a crowd of people. Yeah, like, I saw that. Cops, they're looking a lot like terrorists every day. Like more and more, I'm like, mm, they're terrorists. Yeah. Not 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 regular people, terrorists. And it's because of actions that you see over and over and over again. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you this question, and I don't know if you dealt with this yourself, you know, be you being in St. Louis. Um, you know, of course, with us being on social media, we're seeing everybody about their viewpoints and their stances on things. I think we can all agree social media has never been like this, and there's many ways to speak up. You don't, it can either be a protest, it can either you be signing a petition, um, donating some money, even reposting something or posting something on social media. What, what people have to realize, and we can all attest to this, most of you guys that are listening right now for anybody, a lot of you guys any, have, have anywhere from 400 to 3,000 followers on your Instagram accounts alone. And some people got a lot more than that. A lot more than that. You know what I mean? So we do all have a voice. We do all have um, a way we can speak about things. Um, but I guess this is kind of saying, I guess, a little bit of my story. So a couple of days before, I was more sad after I saw um, a Morehouse and Spelman student get arrested in Hayes. Like, I was just sad. I was tearing up. And then the next day, I was on social media a lot. And to be, to be completely honest, most of the stuff I'm seeing on social media is valid. Like, from, from what I've seen, like most people, my beliefs or my, or my values or what I'm thinking, it's what other people are thinking. But of course, you know, if anything, it's like you could get like 90 positive comments, but if you see two negative ones, it just messes up your day and your headspace. And yeah, yeah, go on, continue. So like, I'm gonna yes, yeah. So there was there was two I saw, um, and it was and it was just uh, the the, honestly, the first one was a tweet that I saw like, and I'm just going, you know, I'm going down Twitter. (laughs) Did um, you respond to this tweet? Yes. The white woman? Bruh, I saw that. Continue. Yeah, so. Can I even check? Yeah, it says this tweet is not available. See, that person got so. And if you're going to tweet something, like. Bruh, say it with your chest. Like, yeah, like, say it with your chest. Because okay, I no, tweeted. I found it. Please, yes, please. Because I'm going to so, bring up my receipts, too. The tweet said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. She said. And I'm not going to say names, but she said, if you aren't praying for our world right now, please do. We need him right now. Not protesting fireworks on freeways, you psychopaths. Be a decent human being and let this world go back to normal before we burn this whole human population down. Question mark, question mark, question mark. I don't know. Could just be me. And I looked at it. I was... I just want (laughs) to... And I looked at it, I was like, are you, are you like, are you, are you serious? You're telling people they're psychopaths for protesting and the world go back to normal? Last time I checked, racism was never gone and this world was never 
um, quote unquote normal. Trayvon Martin died when I was 12 years old. So what do you mean stuff has gone back to normal? So I responded, I just said, another black man dies unarmed from police brutality and you're gonna tell his family and friends to just pray at home and everything will be fine and that they're psychopaths for protesting. No, it that's, doesn't work that way. That's what I mean when I say people like people live in a fantasy land. Because while we're out here fighting for basic human rights, the right not to be killed, the right to feel safe in our own communities, you have white people in this state, in the state of Missouri, going to the Lake of the Ozarks and having a fine and dandy time at the same time that there is a pandemic like you shouldn't be there to begin with but y'all are so like y'all live you're in quick your own to, world. you're y'all quick think, to, to to act like things aren't as bad as it is and for some yes. people think people think like oh like, why can't everything just go back risk, to normal bro. and it's so and it kills me because not only are you in a fantasy land but you're putting your naive beliefs not only put people at risk in terms of COVID because there has been one confirmed case of someone who has contracted COVID who was at Lake of the Ozarks. And there was a video you could pan and in every frame you see a person and there are people in close proximity. So you know that one means two, two means 10 and 10 means lit. I'd be willing to bet that the vast majority of people have been exposed to COVID, whether or not you display symptoms you have it and you can pass it on to other people so you're ignorant to be doing to be you're you're insensitive you're selfish and you're you're putting people at risk so there's that Mm -hmm. but then for you to be going on the internet and being like oh no we need to be able to go shopping we need to go have our our coffee what people out here dying you over here talking about i need my haircut there's a difference between i want the ability to be able to go out in peace not yeah. in fear and i need a haircut you can go years without a haircut you can't you can't last eight minutes with a police officer's knee on your neck um and there's a difference that, between and i don't want to get too much into covid and both viewpoints and there's a difference between right and i haven't told my friend like it's kind of really hard to define what is, is even essential now because something that isn't essential if somebody is still their job and how they pay their bills. You know what I mean? So I can totally understand if somebody is asking the government or why we should open more back up so they can work again. But there's this between that and feeling your need to, you know, go to this park and be with a bunch of people or, you know, go to a sporting event or football that's so valuable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't even want to get into all that, but uh, yeah. Um. I also think people need to be aware of like the things that they're posting. Um, I posted, I, t- I tweeted, there are literally so many ways to support Black Lives Matter and protesters, even in the midst of a pandemic, that I've simply lost respect for people doing absolutely nothing. It's shown they can't be trusted. Shortly after that, I tweeted that I don't understand how this is eye-opening um, when you see our classmates get arrested. Um, those tweets are, uh, this, I can't make the other statement before, uh, mentioning the other tweets. So when I was at the protest, um, I said, 
along the lines, yes, we don't like the police, but shooting fireworks into a crowd of people is dumb because that's what had a, that's what had happened. When cops started to agitate and provoke the situation, people didn't know how to respond appropriately. You had people firing fireworks into a crowd of people, which to me and I think a lot of other people with common sense would say is dumb. You don't shoot fireworks in a crowd of people. To which someone responded, unless the crowd is a crowd full of cops. I mean, you're you have that right to like you have the right to to say that. Like and a lot of people feel the same way. Um the cops have been been abusing people of color and black people specifically for generations. Um they deserve some of their own own medicine, their own treatment. A lot of people share that same sentiment. But um I'm not gonna advocate for terrorism uh, like if yeah. cops were to shoot fireworks into a crowd of civilians, you would be upset. These people, at the end of the day, I, it it just doesn't make sense for for you to. I had an issue with the. I didn't have an issue. You, you speak your mind. Like I don't care. Um, uh, I responded to the tweet with a picture, with a meme, and um, the person then like went and started liking and retweeting all my tweets that pertain to the the Black Lives Matter and protests, and then started calling people out of it. Well, started calling me out of my name. I only bring this up to say that like people need to. I think people are getting really tired of seeing the the constant. Um, it's it's all that people are talking about. And I think people mm-hmm. need to, for themselves, take a break from social media because uh, you can have a difference in opinion of how things need to be handled, but to attack people that you don't know is a little light pocket. Like, you can't call me names, especially if we've never had a conversation, if you don't know where I stand on these issues, if we've never even met. Um, yeah. Because you can I comment feel- on somebody's on what on maybe what they say um, right. or what they post on social media, but like for instance, that tweet that I responded to um, that that young woman, I wasn't gonna right. call her out of her name or say exactly. something derogatory about her own her own right. how she looks or her personality. You know what I mean? And she just said it with her chest too. She had to delete it because she was she came at me wrong with no um, justification, uh, and it. It doesn't even make sense to me why she came at me, but it obviously didn't make sense to her and she deleted it. Um, and I'm happy she did because you have to be sensitive. Like, you don't know where people are coming from and you can't start attacking people, um, especially people you don't know. But you can address the issue. If people are saying ignorant things, um, it would behoove you to educate them because you're going to need everyone to be aware of all that's going on because that's yeah. the only things are going to progress. It's kind of like, um, and like I said, like do what you do what you want to do. I'm not going to tell people how they should protest, but you know, certain people are saying that you know, violence 
doesn't work and you know that stuff is never it's, it has never has never got us further and i'm looking at people like i'm sure most of us at least i know most of my followers graduated high school i'm sure most of us read about the boston tea party and how we've had a history of in america destruction and violence has got people what have got people what they wanted and now you're telling a whole people a whole race to just be quiet or either sit at home like it's just it doesn't add up to what the way you built this country was on violence. It's also grossly insensitive. Yeah. Like everything, everything you guys, you guys being white people got was stolen. Um, we're living on stolen land. Um, you raped and pillaged. You, you stole. Um, so for you to have an issue with us trying to have basic human rights is, is crazy because y'all came to this country in search of the same thing. So um, yeah. the hypocrisy. Yeah. Ooh. So some of the couple of things I kind of want to end on, I just want to see uh -huh. your point of view because, you know, we're dealing with the time to where everybody's posting and everybody has, some people have views that are the same, some things are conflicting. And I'd, I'm not gonna, of course, I don't say names on this podcast or radio show, I just don't, um, I'm professional about it. Um, but I'm okay. going to talk about a conversation I had yesterday and it was a long conversation. The problem with these, it sucks because you're writing out these long paragraphs to people back and forth and sometimes I'm like, yo, just call me like we're grown adult, like we're grown, like, you know what I mean? Like, why are we going back and forth forever about one thing like just call me you know what i mean is this someone you know personally yes this is somebody that okay. um has been my friend somebody's had my back for a while so it's somebody that like i i, I knew or i know you know and okay, um, gotcha. yeah and and it's interesting because they posted a couple things which i totally did not believe with but i was like yo i'm gonna go past this like i just i'm not in the, i wasn't even really in the mood to debate with this person because certain people I just think in this in this in this time you could say as much information and background and they still won't even understand where you're coming from or switch their perspective so it's just like I'm not going to say nothing I did things on my own social media that was on my mind and then this person responded to me about it and I was like oh god like and you know and like you see like yeah. you see the name yeah you see that name pop up and you Sorry guys for the slight intermission we had. Um, it was actually due to the Zoom call disconnecting. But while I'm here, make sure to follow us on Instagram at College Culture and Creativity and make sure to subscribe and rate us on whatever podcast platform you are listening to. But here is the rest of the episode. What's up, y'all? Uh, it's Casey back in the building with Amari. We had a little intermission because of some technical difficulties. Uh, but you know we're back um any of you who are listening prior to our little intermission or session i don't know what i'm going to put in between uh these two audio files but you guys will, he will hear that um but basically what i was talking about how i was oh uh, uh, oh they now it's yeah still recording yeah it's still recording it's still recording we're good yeah okay guys this is our first Not time bad. trying to do it on zoom but what happened was there was a person that I was DMing on Instagram back and forth about um, police brutality and as far as police. And I was saying to her, this like the same way I would hold my brother accountable or my sister accountable is the same way how police men and women should hold themselves accountable. 
if a person messes up, if a person kills an unarmed black man, you're still part of the problem, especially if you if you never hold hold that if you never held that person accountable, if there has never been any because people who look at the history of this of the man who killed um who killed George Floyd, he has a he has a, he has a, a long yeah yeah he already has a track record. Um, Dylan said working on it one one second. It's recording though, right? Yeah, I can see it. Um, damn, we keep having a lot of intermissions. Anyway, um, so so yeah, we kept kind of going back and forth about it, and I kind of really just wanted to see your your kind of thought process. You know, why are there certain people that are out there thinking that if one if one cop kills a, a black man, that the other cops are not held accountable? Like, why are why are people trying to not make it? it's an actual issue around, around all cops. And they're just saying, oh, it's just one person. We can't control what happens. Like, why do you think people have that mindset? Uh, that all cops don't play a role in responsibility? Yeah, as far as my point was the same thing. If you messed up, if you did something and I'm your, I'm your friend and I know you and I'm not telling you what to do or how to execute or what actions to be done, that's that's still part of me like that's like that it's it's still it's still my fault in, in, in some ways and certain people are like oh if not it's, people go to like the whole bad cops good cops stuff which is like you're not you're not um, you're not getting you're not getting the point i literally right before um we got on this call i saw i was going through my phone to see who i was going to unfollow um for their comments um, regarding this whole situation, kind of controlling what media I consume. Um, and I stumbled upon a video, Chris Rock was doing a comedy skit, and he was talking about bad apples and how when a cop kills a black person, that's just one bad apple, like all the other cops are good apples. Um, and then he compared it to the likes of, uh, he said basically the bad apples shouldn't exist. Like if you have an airline company, say American Airlines, um, they can't have a bad apple who they just like, this cop just crashes planes. Like you just can't have that um, because you just can't. Um, so when people use that excuse, like it's not all cops, it's just this cop, he's one bad example. Like you can't have one bad example in other fields like people die and people do die when you have one bad apple like there are consequences to ex making excuses there are consequences to um people not being held accountable if you have an officer like the one who's responsible for the death of george floyd when you get off for similar behavior it becomes you get this notion in your head that if I can get away with it once, I can get away with it twice. And after you get away with it twice, what's to stop you from doing it three, four, five, six, countless other times? This man has a rap sheet. Um, you have to hold your friends accountable. If I'm protesting and you start acting a fool, I'm gonna step in because it goes, it contradicts what we're out there to do. If we're out here trying to, um, study for a test and you start 
talking about women or you start talking about games, you're defeating the purpose of the study session. I have to hold you accountable, get you back on focus. Cops have to hold other cops accountable. And I think through these protests, when I was speaking to cops of each race, not each, of a variety of races, and I was questioning how Black people could join the police force, a lot of their responses were, and I asked a myriad of different, I asked multiple cops, male and female, of my own race, how could you do what you're doing? Not in an accusatory way, but how, what made you want to become a cop? They, they wanted, a lot of them responded that they wanted to join the police force to make a difference from within. And I think that that's, that's, um, that's, that's something that's commendable um, in, a, in a way, wanting to be an agent of change um, by, by trying to do it from the inside. Um, and so I'm trying to get different perspectives. I can't be, I can't jump on you for the way you handle situation. Everyone handles situations differently. If your Definitely. response to police brutality is to protest, I commend you. If your response to police brutality is, man, I can't see this happen anymore. I have to be a police officer to prevent other police officers from acting out of pocket, then I commend you. Um, because I've seen videos of cops addressing the the bad behavior of other cops. There was a cop who, I, for, I don't know where this video was coming from, but he was, he was doing behavior that I've seen before. He's been, he was provoking protesters. And at one point was getting in the face of another protester was being violent, um, just unnecessary behavior. A black woman then came up and snatched him, literally like a mother would do to their child, snatched this, this white man who was a cop, snatched him up and, and brought him behind uh, the cars and whatever barricades that they had set up and was like, you can't do that. Just was, was speaking truth to power, was correcting his bad behavior. If that is your response, if that's what your role is in this, if you're going to address the, the, the malpractice of your coworkers, then I commend you. I can't, I can't say all cops are bad. Um, mm -hmm. if, if that's the, if your actions are contrary to that, um, so that's where I stand on that. Um, uh, but you do have to hold each other accountable. Um, I have to hold my brothers accountable when it comes to their behavior with, 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 with sexual assault on campus, with academics. I have to hold you accountable as my brother. I can't allow you to deviate from what we're there to do, which is get an education, um, do it, do it in a in a fun way. Um, but also, if I de it, it is you have that responsibility as someone who's as a person. You have that responsibility as a person, um, and I think that uh, after speaking to cops of a variety of races. I, there, I'm not gonna say that there's one way to handle an issue. I'm not gonna attack cops of, of my race or of another race, but I am going to seek 
and understanding so that I can address these issues. Um, so, because I can't, everyone's coming from a different place, and um, yeah, you need to address. You, we can't hey, we can't put everyone you can't pitch in one box is what you're trying to say exactly because people will try and say all oh, black people are thugs what yeah i know that that the aec has been a perfect example of disproving every stereotype that i've ever heard of of black people there are stereotypes black people love chicken black people love watermelon black people love whatever whatever or, or black people can swim like bro <laughs> black bruh you have people that were the captain of their swim team um you have you have no there's this these pejorative notions that all black people are thugs you have which is completely false because you have people that were the valedictorians of their of their high schools that had black white latino students you have people from that i myself participated in speech and debate so you can't have this notion that black people aren't well spoken you can't have this notion that black people um are self-serving and only care about themselves i as well as a myriad of other people that are students in the ac or private organizations like the boy scouts of america or the boys and girls Club. they they advocate for for change they they do community service they are active in their community in ways that are beneficial you can't i've taken courses that also have helped to reinforce this idea that black people are not monoliths and also cops aren't monoliths they they're all people um and you have to first meet them on a, on a personal level on a foundational level you have to remove the bad, the movie, but, but the hardest part, especially, and we can both attest this as young black men, to right. even try to have that conversation, of course, with a a white cop because of just the yeah. distrust that's on both sides. Like I even had times before all this, Very I would true. drive, and there would be there would be, be this weird part of me that like wants I just have a conversation with the with the, right. with the cop, but I just would feel like no, nah, I couldn't do that because what could happen? Like I just feel like something negative exactly. is gonna happen. Like the only time I would feel like yeah, I would do that. Is when I was back in the Atlanta University Center and right. all the security yeah. and cops were black. It's black, right, right. And I think, I also think that this is unrelated, but the people policing need to be living and involved in the community that they're policing. Um, you're less likely to kill your neighbor. Like if my cop, if, if, my neighbor is the sheriff, is the police officer. If he pulls me over, he's not, I hope and I pray that he's not going to be like um, violent towards me. Like we have a rapport, we have a relationship, whether that's minimal as just simply neighbors or it's established as, uh, as, as a community, as friends. Um, so I think that police officers need to be policing the communities in which they live in. I think that that also would be helpful and would re reduce some of the unnecessary violence and altercations that take place. Yeah. So Definitely for you, related. Yeah, for you, I guess I'm just I'm wondering from your perspective, with with all the debates that right now that are going on social media and people you know having different values and different and different viewpoints. If, if, if people, if certain people, like, how do you gauge, like, am I going to engage in this conversation? Am I just going to unfollow them? Am I going to block them? Am I going to meet them? What is your, what is your process? 
Um, I have to first like see where I'm coming from. If I'm in a hypersensitive state, like I just saw another video of another black person being harmed at the hands of police, uh, I'm sensitive. I'm not gonna, and I'm aware of my sensitivity, so I'm not gonna. I'm a little bit more conscious. I'm not going to engage in a conversation where I'd be more likely to use profanity or more likely to come at a person sideways um, because I'm not in a position to do it respectfully and thoughtfully. Um, as for unfollowing people, if they're not doing anything, and I do mean anything to uh, address the situation, whether you're black or white or whatever, like there are black people who also aren't talking about it, are posting selfies like, like nothing is going on. Um, yeah. Going, and I'm not saying you can't post like positive nah, things or things you, are going on in your life. You can't consume your life. Right, this yeah. can't consume your life. But if you're not, if you're not addressing the overarching issue, there's an issue. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but when it comes to determining whether or not I'm going to engage in people, I have to first like look at myself. I also have to look at them. Like, are they a close-minded individual? Do I have an established relationship with this person? Is this a stranger? Uh, it all it's all relative. If you come at me and you not come at me, but if you want to have a dialogue about something, I have a rapport with you. I have a relationship with you. We stay in the same dorm. We've hung out. We've done. We have a relationship. I'm going to be more likely to sit here. If we have a disagreement. I'm going to explain my my viewpoint, where I'm coming from. If you're a stranger and you come at me sideways, there's one or two ways I can react. I can react in kind and come at you sideways and be disrespectful, whatever, whatever. Or I can take a step back uh, and try and do it in the most respectful way possible. From the most part, not for the most part, I have refrained from going after people because this is a sensitive time. I don't know if these people have checked themselves before trying to check me. So I'm not going to engage in dialogue with people whom I don't necessarily have an established relationship with when it comes to social media because that has a permanent place. Um, I'm willing to have conversations in private. Um, uh, but then also, like in a, in a general setting, like a protest, if, people are acting foolishly, like I will engage um, personally because you, you have to stand up, you have to advocate for, for what's right, for what's necessary. People shouldn't be out here vandalizing um, just for the sake of doing it. Um, so I, I have to gauge it on a case-by-case -case basis um, because to approach everyone the same would be very very wrong so. yeah no, definitely. I, I can i can totally agree with that um kind of like just the last question i'm just wondering you know for you if you could if you had to speak to a young black boy right now um between like let's say the ages of nine or 13 like what what would you say to, to them right now or if they're asking you, Mari, I need some advice, or how should I, how should I go about this? What, what, what should I do? How, how should I gauge this? How should I view this? I think that that's, um, 
that too is a case by case. I want to give like a generic answer that I it could be applicable to every young black person, but from experience with the AC, you can't say one thing that well, one size does not fit all. So I think I'd start by having a conversation, try to see where they're coming from. Are they coming from a place of full of privilege? Do they live in the suburbs? Like, where are they coming from? Um, because different people need different things. Um, I, in a sense, have privilege. Um, I don't live in a, in a low-income uh, neighborhood. Um, I have certain privileges. Um, so I have to be aware of where I'm coming from and how it can be perceived. But I think that, I think the best thing that I could do would be to listen to people and then act accordingly. If your concern is you need money to go get water, if you need, if you need assistance in that, then my responsibility would be to come up with the money necessary for you to get the things that you need or help uh, bring awareness to your, your circumstances so that you can get the assistance you need. Um, if you need therapy because this is really taking a toll on your mental health, at first I would listen to you, but then I would, um, I would help you try and find the help that you need for your mental. Um, so I wouldn't, I don't have an answer to what I would, what advice I would give, but I first start off by listening to people, um, to that young black person, that young black man. And then once I have an understanding of where they're coming from, where they're at, um, try and help them move forward, move to a place of, of comfort, um, of, of well-being if, if they're not already there. So I think it's all relative, but um, I think the first step would be to listen. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I love how you kind of, you know, looked at it from everybody has different perspectives and he doesn't know like one size fits all. Um, I just want to thank anybody who did, you know, listen to this full dialogue today. I think we got into a lot. Um, you know, we both ourselves got a lot of our chests and you know, set our, set our viewing points. Just to give a disclaimer, um, we're not saying we have all the answers. We're not saying we're always Actually right. Um, you know, we're, we're still learning, learning ourselves, you know, um, through, through, through every our, you know, through, every, every, day every, day, every day, every day, especially every day. now with all the information that's going on. Um, so, yeah, where you take this information depends, you know, how you view things and what you want to take. Um, but we're just, you know, talking about how, how we feel. And if somebody feels that we provided value, that's great. If not, you know, that's fine. But, um, you know, Mari, just thank you so much for coming on today. You know, you're my guy, you're my bro. Um, hopefully, I don't know if we're gonna be back during the fall, but, you know, whenever we get back to Atlanta, Georgia, you know, we'll definitely chop it up and try, hopefully, you know, again, we can get in the studio or do, or do something together, you know, on a creative, on creative space. Most definitely. Um, this is it's always a pleasure to be in your presence, to be having a conversation, um, because I think it's always value added, and I hope that people watching this find value in it, um, and and look within themselves uh, and try and grow and help the people that are next to them. Um, 
But I really appreciate having this time to speak with you. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, bro. All right, guys. We had this is an episode with Amari, Arundel, and this is KC with College Culture and Creativity.